We are back. Warp and Move Radio, Radio Next.TV at the group site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Always glad to be sponsored by the Comenius Institute. And at the Comenius Institute, we cross three bridges. The first bridge is into uh, Christian students at IUPUI. We're helping Christian students to think Christianly about their subject areas, all of the kinds of things that they're hearing on the college campus. Always glad also to be invested with faculty and uh, being able to teach there at IEPUI as well. Glad for all of that. Uh, the second bridge we cross is into community, which is exactly what this radio show is all about. Uh, we ask Christians from around the Indianapolis community who are doing good based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. Uh, those Christians we're asking in uh, for every single week to introduce them and to introduce Indianapolis to them. Uh, about the kinds of good things that are happening uh, in that, that regard. The third bridge that we cross is into culture, and we cross cultural boundaries every single week with our uh, two-minute videos called Truth in Two. Always glad to have the opportunity to invest some time to give an understanding of different ideas to the culture at large. This week, we put out a Truth in Two entitled Watchmen. So go to our websites, ComeniusInstitute.org or .com, or my uh, particular Facebook, or I'm sorry, my website page, warpandmove.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And we're glad, of course, to offer these things for free, but also glad for patrons. That's what we call those who help fund our Cominius Institute. So go to our uh, Cominius Institute webpage, uh, .com or .org, and look for partners, and you'll have the opportunity there to commit not only in terms of prayer and appreciation for what's going on in your community, but also financially. This particular week, you are going to get blown away by our guest here today. We are really pleased to have Ashley Austin in the studio with us today. HB is behind the scenes producing. Josh Collingwood going to be bringing up all of the good tech stuff that he does, including the webcast and podcast later on. Thankful. Also for our board and specifically Polly Riddell, who's doing connections for us around Indianapolis. But this morning, Ashley Austin comes to us, a student at IUPUI, also working at IUPUI in a Christian ministry there. Uh, so Ashley, thanks ever so much for joining us. Let's begin with uh, talking about you as a person. Tell us a little bit about your bio and uh, where you've come from, where you're going, and perhaps a little bit about your nonprofit. Um, okay, so we'll start. Uh, I'm a student, returning student, uh, non-traditional, a little bit older, came back, uh, went back to Ivy Tech and then transferred over to IUPUI. Um, I'm doing a double study. I'm a social work major in criminal justice. Um, I have a faith-based addictions nonprofit called Detoxing the Soul. And uh, I'll be a senior this, this year, then going to Rome for my master's and then God willing, my doctorate. So you said a senior, you're talking about undergrad? Yes. Okay, so senior undergrad, but then you're going to jump right into master's. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Right into master's. And at IUPUI, you can get a master's in one, a year and a half? Yes, you can get it uh, in 18 months. And actually, there's an accelerated program, but I um, also have some medical stuff that I deal with, so I'm going to do a, the 18 months. I, you would go straight into summer classes, and I try to take a break. Oh, you got to take a break, right? Yeah, Isn't yeah, that the it's truth? A lot, but. And tell people a little bit about what you do on a weekly basis at IUPUI with students. Uh, so I have uh, my church, shout out to Living Faith. Um, they, uh, Living Faith is also uh, an entity at, uh, at IUPUI. 
Um, we have great, great uh, life groups that meet on campus, and we do a lot of events on campus. We welcome the freshmen in, and we try to give a support for students that come that are used to having a um, spiritual and religious uh, connection that have come from out of town and kind of don't know. Um, and even if we can just plug them into a, a good church so that people always have the support you need, we truly believe in community. Um, and also we are there, and uh, so I'm also involved with them on campus. Um, so uh, we have a lot of, of people that we meet that um, uh, are believers and non-believers. We yeah. have a lot of people that just have never even really heard the story of Jesus that we're blessed to, to share his word, his word with. It was a wonderful day. I remember that day that uh, you came up to me and, and asked me what I was doing, and we had that conversation that kind of introduced ourselves. Yeah, to yeah, it was, it was, it, um, so I was discipling. Um, at school, meeting with a couple of girls I meet with. Um, I have some friends and students in, in school that I, I disciple with, and then I have a group of people from my church I disciple with, and also get discipled. And uh, I had seen you a couple times, and I was asking God, like, why am why do I feel this connection? And then one day God said, you need to go talk to him. And I was like, oh, this man's going to think I'm crazy. That's okay. People think I'm, I'm oddball anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> so I, I really don't have a problem talking to people. So especially if God says go talk to them. So um, I walked up to you and said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to talk to you. And can I ask what you do here? Are you a professor? Because I saw you meeting with a lot of students. And then you told me your credentials and what you did, and that was just phenomenal. So it was just another uh, another way to, to have it on campus. Because uh, people think that it's so easy, and it's, it's not easy. It's hard to speak it's about hard. God. Yep. And it's hard to um, sometimes relate to other people, and especially in, in the field I'm with, uh, social work, we go by a model um, that is biopsychosocial spiritual. And I've been challenging that a lot because I feel that we ignore that social, you know, that we don't ignore the other aspects, but we ignore the spiritual aspects. Exactly, yeah. That's and right. as teachers, educators, practitioners, mental health helpers, any kind of program that we do, we need to be able to explain that and we need to be able to respect other individuals yes. if their belief is not the same of ours at least let's share let's talk because most of the time people who don't believe in jesus they have that wanting or they have that little emptiness inside yeah. and sometimes god just connects us in the right way to be able to help with that you know in god and god's time yeah. this is a, an important uh, task that you are invested in uh, certainly i'm there as well uh, doing the kinds of things that we do and a shout out Again, to Living Faith, thanks ever so much for your good ministry in the city. Uh, Yale Wall, uh, the opportunity, of course, that uh, I was given this last March, was it? Uh, yeah. To come over to your place. It was incredible. It was a lot of fun to do some apologetics work over there, answering questions uh, that Sunday morning. It was a lot of fun to do that. And, of course, uh, Ignite IUPUI is there. Uh, you guys are invested in that. So there's lots of intersectionality that goes on between all of the different nonprofits. Oh yeah. Um so shout out Evan Miller and Celeste just got married. Just and got married, Evan yeah. Miller is he is the um head of all of our college life groups. This young man is incredible. He puts so much time and effort into things and, and connecting with every individual and connecting with night making sure the life groups on campus are taken care of. We really invest in, in everybody that we can just to spread the word. And uh, Yale Wall also. Um, one thing about the church I have to say, Living Faith is so different. Um, I've had a lot of challenges, and I am very outspoken. I am very um, 
I don't hide my past and it was a very warm and uh, welcoming church. They always had, um, when I would have just say outbursts with people or I would question things or I'd be like, that's not right. What are you talking about? <laughs> they would lovingly always try to help me even when they're like, actually, no, you have to stop this. Like Yale has gotten me in a corner before and been like, now listen. <laughs> and um, it's just the whole church is so, it's such a community and it's something that I never really understood and I never had it. And even when it's a negative, because I'm doing something negative in that community, they always are there to help and love. And these are people that, let's say, if I wasn't in church, who knows if I'd even ever speak to them. But because their love for God is so strong and people are so forgiving and they know that sacrifice that God, Jesus did for us, that they accept me and they love me and they look at me as... I am a child of God, no matter what my past is. Yeah. And I have a heavy past. That's yeah. why I do what I do. Well, before we get into your heavy past, uh, again, grateful for the kinds of work that you do there. And uh, honestly, the kinds of things that you're going to be doing in the sociology field uh, is very important stuff. Uh, I'm going to be following what you do here in the years to come. Really grateful for the opportunity to know you and to Thank get to you. know some of your research. Uh, also with uh, some of the colleagues that you'll be working with over there at school. So this is important stuff, uh, the kind of work that Ashley is doing uh, at IUPUI uh, in a full-orbed way, not just in a singular way, uh, but in a, in a way that includes the academic realm as well. And I want everybody to hear that, especially because oftentimes what we do is we kind of segment these parts of our lives out instead of seeing people as whole people. So what you're about to hear from Ashley, the background that she comes from, is going to help you to understand why she is so committed to what she's committed to, and of course, the regenerative power of Jesus in her life. So let's get to your past and uh, help people understand why you're so passionate about these things. Give them uh, broad brush strokes of where you've been and the kind of life that you've led in the past and uh, where it's brought you to to this point. Okay, so uh, the reason I think that I am so, or I know that I'm so passionate for this is because um, I was raised uh, by a single father, and um, I didn't meet my mom until I was 15, and it's always been a rocky relationship because of choices I've made. Um, and so my dad was with Marlboro, who was one of the Marlboro men, 25 years. Um, he passed away um, when I was uh, in prison. Uh, I am an ex-felon and an ex-addict. Um, I have been in recovery for a long time. Um, I had 17 years sober and I gave it away. I just had 10 years sober February 5th of this last year. Um, of this year, thank you. So, and uh, I say that um, because that is my sobriety date from, from picking up. Mm. But truly, truly sober. The behaviors, because we always as addicts forget that we have those behaviors. And that's when a lot of people say you're a dry addict or a dry drunk. Like we don't understand what those things mean. Um, I was blessed to be baptized um, about seven, eight years back. And so I say from the behaviors. The church, it was a partner church with us, Carrie and Twilight Jackson, just C4, just they gave me everything they had when they met me. I was very broken. I was about to take my life. Um, and I told God, if you were truly there, you better show me something because I don't believe. Mm. I don't believe it anymore. I was in so much pain. Mm. And um, I had just been re-diagnosed with being sick. And um, I battled with a lot of medical problems. And um, 
I thought, okay, this is it, I'm done. And I wasn't using it, but I didn't want to live anymore either. Right. Like, I just couldn't figure out why. Right. So that's why I like Carrie, I, the Jacksons were just incredible. And they're also who, they were a brother church of Yale's church, mm -hmm. Living Faith. Okay. They ended up back home, so Atlanta, I, Yale and the church got stuck with me. So, <laughs> and I told them I'm never leaving, I'm going to just be engraved in that church. So, uh, yes. So, um, it, with my past, I um, was raised with a father who was an addict. Um, he was a gambler and a functioning alcoholic, and I was very unstable. He was in the acting profession. He was one of five Americans to do Shakespeare in London. So I grew up with all these great things, but I also grew up living in hotels, sleeping in cars, um, going into casinos at the age of 13, being able to gamble, people not knowing how old I was. Uh, learning how to read a race form when I was like five years old, um, things that aren't normal. Um, I didn't have a normal childhood growing up, but I had a great childhood because I was with my father, as I thought. Um, but then when you get older and you go to do life things and life skills, you don't have that. So I started working in bars. I started um, doing things that weren't great. Um, I was in the bar scene, and I got into using, selling, um, act of addiction, all the things that come along with it. Mm -hmm. I started managing bars, and then that was just a cover. You just fed everything else. Yeah. Just fed into everything. Yeah. So, um, and and the problem with it, which and and, and I see with with young people, I wish I would have. I didn't have the self confidence. I didn't have the motivation. I had body dis uh, disassociation for myself with my own body images. Mm -hmm. Um, so that all fed into it. When you're younger, you don't think about the spiritual battles we have with the enemy and God and, 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 and God trying to give us the love we need. But you have some this horse pulling so hard. And you have society telling you all these things. And we have this cultural religion and this cultural acceptance. And um, I fell prey to that. I didn't, I didn't have anybody that was mentoring me or guiding me. Um, I was very scared. I didn't know where to go. I thought if I go tell anybody, I'll get in trouble. Um, and on top of it, I was in an abusive relationship with my daughter's father for 12 years. Wow. So I was, um, I had a lot of things that happened to me. There it is, just kept going. There is a ton of, yeah. not, we usually talk, talk about this stuff as baggage, but you know, honestly, listening to what you've just discuss, discussed with me is kind of like working your way through a thorn-filled thicket. I mean, you've got all the stuff that you're trying to wade through, and not, you're getting cut up all the time yeah. for all the stuff that you've got to deal with. Yeah, and especially when, you know, it's funny, because if you ask people, what is the one thing that everybody just really wants, and it's, I feel, it's just to be loved. Mm -hmm. in, my, in, my, in my situation, it was like, I, I just want to be loved and accepted. So where do we look for that? Then we look into all these negative areas for it. Right. Um, and so I was uh, in a lot of trouble. Um, I got involved in a huge court case, which I have to be careful talking about my, my co-defendant still serving time, which okay. is a little odd because if one person gets out, the other person should be out. Um, I got locked up and I was going to serve a life sentence. I was looking at life. Um, and um, by the grace of God, my sentence was revocated. I did 17 years straight um and you could say i was doing it in an installment plan getting in trouble you know there's a lot of people that say 
oh, well, you come in and go, and we just say that's an installment plan. You get in trouble, one good bop, you learn. And I thought to myself, what just happened? And people don't understand in a blink of an eye, your freedom can get taken. You can be in a situation that you think you're just in a car driving with someone, and a person pulls out a gun and shoots somebody, or a person robs somebody, or somebody robs you and self-defense. I mean, you, you never think of these scenarios until you're actually being looked in and you're like, what just happened? Where, where did my life just go? Um, and I think the reason that it's not hard for me, and I've, I've had people, you know, I, the only person I feel like can never judge me is God. And people do that and it hurts, yes, but I feel like, I used to always ask God, why me, why me, why me? And I really feel that God has allowed myself and, and myself making the mistakes I have so that I can be sitting here today mm -hmm. to be able to say, listen, I made it. Mm -hmm. I have been abused. I have scars on my body from in prison, uh, what guards have done to me. Um, I kept the scars on my arms to show people, to show um, people that are in trouble to show people what you can what you can go. I've been abused in the system, out of the system. I've had, um, you know, recovery issues, relapse issues. I did 17 years. Um, but all these things to say, if I can do it, you can do it. I have beat a disease four times. I'm battling again right now with issues. I'm about to go in for another surgery on my stomach uh, because it didn't take my last one. Um, but those things, I, I'm okay with all that. I don't, I don't fear cancer. I don't fear um, being locked up anymore. I don't fear speaking about God. I don't fear telling people this is who I am. I don't fear going to the school and saying, hold up, why aren't we talking about biopsychosocial, spiritual? Why aren't we talking about this is what saved my life? And I was on the verge of taking my life, but God intervened, and I allowed him I was ready at that point and people say oh if you're not ready you use if you're not ready for the change you can't happen and the big epiphany for me was when Twyla I used to say I, I met with her one day and I was like you know I'm so tired of God doing this to me and I'm so tired of him tempting me and every time I go to get high or I go to do a drug deal or I go to do this you know or I'm, I'm doing something that's that's wrong I tell God well if you really cared and loved me you'd stop me you just want to keep tempting me Twyla opened the book of James, and this is when I really wasn't very familiar, because a little background, I was raised Jewish, um, but my dad always took me every Sunday to a different church to understand how other people thought mm -hmm. and what people's perspectives were. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Jesus. I speak Hebrew, I was Bas Mitzvah, I almost didn't get Bas Mitzvah because I told my rabbi I love Jesus, and he freaked out on my dad. Oh, yes, so it was crazy that day, but it was wonderful. But So I've always had this connection but not really understanding where my connection was with God mm -hmm. and what what Jesus had for me. Mm -hmm. Let's um, uh, let's take a pause there because you okay. you have so much going on in not only in how you think about these things, but of course the expressiveness with which you do so. Yeah. I wanted to go back to one thing just, and then we'll jump into this after our break. But one of the things that kind of stood out to me is the phrase that you just uh, uttered a few moments ago, which was, "I'm sitting here today. The opportunity for me." to sit here today is uh, I have, have all of these things that I've gone through and now I can share these kinds of ideas 
and my life with other people. You're listening to Warp and Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. Always glad to come to you Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Today with Ashley Austin, who is telling us about not only her background, but of course about her salvation in Jesus and what that means now for her going forward, the kinds of good things that she's able to do in the community because of what's happened to her, uh, because of Jesus' sacrifice for on her behalf. We'll be taking a one-song break, and we'll be right back. Facebook Live, we stay with you, of course. I always tell that to our guests, just in case you think that somehow we're off the air, because we're not. Hi, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for uh, your good comments, everybody who's waving, uh, who's sticking in there with us, uh, earbuds in, all that kind of stuff. Any kind of comments that uh, I catch up with, uh, I'll catch up with after the show. Uh, and if uh, HB runs across anything that we need to deal with immediately, he usually gives me a shout out and we can deal with those good things. Uh, thanks ever so much for uh, the opportunity to spend a few moments with you, whether you dip in, dip out, whatever. Uh, feel free to share this uh, this link with people later on, share the video with folks later on. And I was gonna say that to you as well. Yes. Uh, shoot this out to people. Uh, tag a whole bunch of folks in it and then share it out and say, hey, I was on the radio today. I did this morning. I started. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Well, when this, when this video gets out, you know, after the show is over, it's archived and then it's saved. And so you can then share it with people and people can see what you said. And, you know, yeah, all the expressiveness and, you know, eagerness with which you've come today uh, to share these kinds of things. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'll. HP's been getting some pictures while we've been talking here, too, so that's kind of nice. I hope we get able to share those things later on, too. Where would you like to start in the second segment? Um, I, think, I think more of the challenge of society and God and why, like just continuing on why I do and where I reach out and how I reach out and sure. how I don't let people like regulate what I do with the program. Yeah. But I really want people to know if anybody's watching that knows someone or needs help or anything. Like sure. it's not about money. It shouldn't be about those things. It never is. And how good God is with the programming. Mm -hmm. Because people need to understand that like people need to know that like I was locked up doing life and I came home. I shouldn't have come home. I have life. Like I should have never been home. And by the grace of God, not only did he revocate it, he saved my life before I even ever was sentenced, but he allows me to come and say, no, this was me. So he allows me to work with like the kids in juvenile hall and people that think that all there is to do is use, because there was a day that I never thought I'd be sober because of all the pain. Yep. And, and I want people to know that it's not easy. Life is so hard. Let's like there's with... not a day that I don't go by that I go, oh my gosh, they're doing it. yep. it's so much better than my worst day or my best day of using. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll start with the connection with culture for sure. Yeah. Did, did you get a picture of us with the? Uh, I've got a picture of you. The Charles uh, Charles Dale Burrell singer said oh, yeah. you're an inspiration to him. Thank Aww. you. And uh, Connie says you're doing great. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's my disciple. That's right, disciple. Well, she disciple me. That's Yale. We love you, Connie. Yes, that's Yale's mom. Her and David disciple my my fiance and myself. So. I already got you out there too while you were in action. I want people to know too that like I am so rough and raw and I have so many things and I'm hyper and I talk a lot and 
like some people either like me or they don't, but it's okay because it's okay. It's okay to be damaged. Yeah. It's okay to be, it's okay that I have a, a body problem image. It's okay that, you know, I mean, it's okay. These things are okay. God still loves me. Yeah. And it's, it's what we do to get around people that, that, even though we might not like each other, we know God loves us. We do like each other. Right, right, we do, but like, <laughs> yes, but we should know that God loves us so much that all this brokenness is okay. And he'll give us the answers if we truly seek him and say, okay, I need this. And I am a, anybody watching, everybody watching, anybody from my church, any of my personal friends will tell you, ooh, Ashley. Like I'm a handful at times, and I'm very direct, and I'm very outspoken. And sometimes it's not in a loving way, and that's not how it should be. My church and God and the community have taught me that it's okay, and and yeah. sometimes we, we need help from other people. Yeah. We need help. Like if I don't understand something, and I say, "Hey, Mark, I don't understand. This. Can you explain this to yeah. me?" You know, and and I wasn't scared to ask you who you were. You know, before I was scared to talk about God. Now I push it in my classes. I I mean I don't I don't push it, but I say, "Excuse me, I'm going to speak about God. This is what I believe, Jesus, and I hope I don't offend anybody." And you know, I, one of my best friends, shout out Ashley Chestnut, is getting married, and they asked me to, to to cite scripture at her wedding, and it was the biggest blessing because she said, "Actually, you're not scared to talk about God." And in my life, I've been scared of so many things, but this is so substance that we can yeah. just. If there's a fear of uh, fear of the Lord, which is a, a crucial uh, phrase that runs throughout scripture, then there's not a need to fear anything. Else. No, no, That's and to see what God's done, there's no way. And people used to say to me, because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, God, yeah, all right. You know, people go, well, you can't. And I always use the wind. I used to use the wind. And I say love. What does love really feel like? Can you describe? Can you give me what love is, that feeling you've had of love? People are like, well, I can't really. It's like, God, it's the same thing. We can't tell you. You can't hold that. But you know it, and you have it in your heart, that love feeling. It's the same thing with God. You know, we're watching the wind blow. It's the same thing, but with love. Love is so strong, and God is so strong. We have to remember the enemy is just so strong. When we come back in, uh, we'll be hitting this real hard, uh, specifically the issue of uh, connecting with culture and what society thinks. And then, you know, all of what you just said, you, know, you can just kind of revamp all of those kinds of things. How much we time we got? Uh, uh, maybe 20 seconds. Got your. Uh, all right. So Facebook Live, thanks again for following another Jesus. Okay. HB's playing the tunes over here for us. Got some great stuff going on. Charlotte, thanks ever so much for the shout out, man. Uh, love you, brother. Thanks uh, for your good word. Always appreciate uh, the kinds of things that you say in social media and grateful for the good work that you're doing. Uh, hoping that uh, there might be some kind of possibility. Uh, for you, uh, perhaps, to be on the show here someday. I'm just giving you a shout-out about that. That would be lovely and good. So we'll uh, stay in touch about those kinds of things as well. We'll be coming back in here in just a moment, uh, hearing again from Ashley as we uh, connect back to what she's been dealing with in her life, but then uh, the kind of interconnections that's, that are going on in culture for her and uh, what culture is saying and then response to that. So we're going to be playing our intersectional uh, radio advertisement right now for about 20, 25 seconds. We'll be coming in just a second. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark. Multiple studies show that 75% of Christian young people may leave the church altogether 
after attending public universities. One of the key ingredients is seeing Christian faith commitment from college. They're based on the video, the one that had videos on the front page of our and it is hard because you don't even, even not. We are back. Welcome to Move Radio, radionext.tv at the Hoover site. Every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Thanks, Facebook Live listeners, for being here with us. Podcast comes out later on. Josh Kleinwood will put that up for us. And then, of course, uh, those of you with your earbuds in, we're going to be hearing the next uh, 15, 20 minutes from Ashley Austin. Grateful again for your presence here with us today, Ashley. Uh, yeah. You wanted to uh, kind of begin the sec second segment of our show here today by connecting with how you think about these things with how culture is. Take it away. Ah, so, so it's it's a good thing because I think that one of the reasons that I I'm so blessed to have the, the energy and the the umph I do for this is, you know, a lot of times we see in society it's it's a cultural thing um, based on the religious. Uh, how we speak about it, how we speak about God or what we're doing, or it's okay. And I think that nowadays, um, and everybody has their opinions with, with things, and, and, and I'm not saying that this is how it should be, but I noticed that a lot of people, especially like in, in the higher staff at IUPUI, um, sometimes they're worried to say that they're a Christian, mm -hmm. but they're worried to talk about God right. because they're worried that they're going to be attacked or something's going to say something. And we're so hypersensitive now in the culture and in culturally what is correct, mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, this is what's in the Bible, this is what we should do, and all of us fighting about what's right, instead of saying, listen, this is what God wants for us, and this is how we should follow it, and there's no other, there's no, and we all have different interpretations, but if we could just understand what Jesus did for us, and, and, and look at the words and instruction that he left us, it would be different, and I'm not saying it's easy, because we're all sinners, right? And I, I fall every single day. Um, but knowing that I have that forgiveness and that I have accountability in my community and the people that are around me, um, and it's some, it's one thing to live wrong. It's another thing to live culturally because we want to fit in or we're scared to speak out. And that's not what God has given me. I don't. I have a fear of not speaking out because. I beat, beat, like I beat the odds. I can say that I am in recovery, and relapse has been part of that recovery. It always could be. It's a possibility. I could leave here and get upset and go pick up. God willing, I will not. Um, I have people I can call, you know, those things. Um, the same thing with, with me being in trouble. I lo I'm looked at like an ex-felon and an ex-addict. So if I don't speak out and tell you this is what saved me, God is what saved me. And it took many years. It wasn't a quick and easy thing. And I came home. I came home after all that time locked up and I still did wrong because I wasn't around the people. I didn't understand. I wasn't taught right when I was growing up. I didn't have a, I didn't come from a stable, secure home. I didn't sit down every night and have dinner. I wasn't told, is your homework done? Mm. Um, I wasn't raised by a mom. Um, I didn't know my mom until I was older. Relationship is not great, unfortunately. And I leave that in God's hands. Um, I've made decisions in my life that were not correct, that were illegal, that were bad, but I didn't have any other instinct that I was going on except survival skills. Mm -hmm. So if I don't sit here and say, listen, I did it, you can do it. God saved my life because my sentence was revocated after all those years. Um, and again, the court case, if anybody would ever like to talk to me about it, I'm willing to always be open and share. 
Um, if we don't share and give our experiences, and if we don't speak up as people um, that, I don't want to say like look like me, but have a past, like all of us look different, all of us are. Most people don't think that I have this past, but a lot of people go, oh, that's why you're like this. Yes, that's why I freak out on certain things, or that's why I blow up trying to process something, but it's okay. Like if I need to tell you that God saved my life and that God gave me the identity of him. My identity is not, I'm an ex-felon, I'm an ex-addict, I'm in recovery, I'm a student. Those, the, God is my identity. I want to live and be like God. And I know that's not me, no, but that is so much better to strive for and to know that it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to question, it's okay to go and find out why you feel certain ways or why you can't do certain things. It's okay to ask for help. If I had had somebody when I was younger that I could have gone to that I really trusted, not thinking they'd take me away from my father or I'd be locked up, then I would have. I want to be that safe person. I want to be that safe organization for people. How much of uh, the kinds of things that you do now, let's say, for instance, on campus, uh, when what you just said, you want to be the safe place for people. Yeah. Um, when they come and talk with you about uh, their lives, do you get an opportunity to share with them what you've gone through so that they understand empathetically that you've been there and done that? Yeah, uh, it depends how much time I have with the person. Um, and usually I speak it really quick when I meet people. I tell them, listen, if you're struggling with this, let me tell you really quick, this is where I came from. Mm -hmm. Let's get together and have coffee. Let's how how important this. is that for people to know that there's somebody who's been there and done that, been through hard times and struggles like you've been through. How important is that for them to hear that? Oh, I think it's really important. It's like when you tell people, uh, okay, so I took my program, I took it into an, um, and I took it into a certain area, um, and I'll just tell you, I took my program to parole for two years. Um, it was great. I think they thought it would fail. It did not. Governor Pence recognized the program when he was governor, not vice president. Um, and they were expecting it would fail. I had people really wanting to stay sober, staying out of trouble. Sometimes it's an us and them mentality, and it can't be like that. You can't tell somebody what it feels like to be coming off drugs or to really want that and, and, and that relapse and that I've got to live for that drug or living for that scam or that mm -hmm. hustle or that lifestyle if you really have never experienced it or if you have not come from that. We need people that have experienced it, just like we need people to tell us what God's done in their life. You know, and I feel, especially at school, why when we do the model of biopsychosocial spiritual, are we not as educators and as people being educated, why is that not being taught to me in my field? We're social work. Why are so many people scared? I have a faith-based agency, and when I say faith-based, people go, whoa, what? And I'm like, yes. I'm not going to push my religion on you, but I'm going to tell you what saved my life. I'm an ex-felon and an ex-addict. The odds were stacked against me, right, because of my own actions. If I can sit here and tell you, you can make it, you can do it, I can give you resources, this is what helped me. God is so good because there's no other reason I'm sitting here today because God saved my life, not once but twice. Well, let's, let's just make sure that everybody understands. When we talk about faith-based, it's really important to help people to know that faith is based on a content. So let's just be clear about this. Everybody's got faith in something. Mm 
somebody's putting every person listening to me, watching me, every person in the world puts their faith in something. So the question isn't uh, about faith-based Christianity. The question is, what faith do you have, and how's that working for you? So the real question then becomes, why don't we then, as a culture, as a society, be more receptive of this? Now, some faiths are more better received than others. The Christian faith is always the one that seems to be the odd, odd uh, one out of these kinds of relationships. So. We're glad for the opportunity for you to have the impact that you do because of a Christian witness. Think about, now tell us, let's see if we can pivot on that particular point and, and talk about the issue of this faith-based concept that you have and what it is that you teach in your nonprofit, what it is that you see it doing in the future. Okay, so um, i give you an example. Like my first lesson in my, in my group is uh, most people, I first off, I always prayed about it. I asked God, and then I would sit and go, "Okay, what did I feel like as an addict? Like, what was really hitting me?" And so, my first lesson is, "Why my daddy? Why my mom? Why my daughter? Why blah 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 blah? blah. Why am I an addict? Why do I keep picking up? Why do I go do these things? Why am I in this situation?" Right. So, my first lesson is, if God was standing in front of you, or spiritual factor that you believe. What would be the one question you'd ask? Mm -hmm. If God was right in front of you, what? And most of us and most students of mine have said, why me? Why am I the one with the drug problem? Why is this? So then we go into, all right, let's 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 talk about this. Do you believe your temptation, blah, blah, blah? Because as I said, Twyla Jackson taught me in the book of James, chapter 3, 1, it is not God that tempts us. He's not allowed. He, he can't. It's not his nature. It's me. It's my own, my own self. So when I get people to go, is it myself? And then we can sit there and think that we have discussions on this because I'm telling you the experiences I had. I always thought God was tempting me. He didn't tempt me. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to put that hard work in. It's, so it's things like that and lessons that I've taken sure. from every experience to where people can relate. This is a very important doctrinal truth in, in uh, Scripture, too, that people bear responsibility for their own sinfulness. Yes. And in our culture, our culture says, no, you don't bear responsibility. It's somebody else's fault. It's parents or government or whatever. Or we victimize all the time. And yeah. We can't. I've done it all the time. Oh, but this, this, and then, yeah, and I didn't know. And yes, we're broken. We have all these reasons. But the bottom line is, who is going to wake up and make a better connection and make a, make a better relationship with me and God, myself, because I'm going to go to God? Who's going to wake up for me and do the things and function in society? Who's going to get those degrees? Who's going to pay bills? Who is going to be able to go and talk to all these people that a lot of people can't talk to? Mm -hmm. I'm very uncomfortable when it comes to professional stuff. You put me in a room of murderers, thieves, gamblers, <laughs> like all the people that I grew up, like all these things I tell people that yeah, all the time. Yeah. I was honored a couple months ago, and I had my, my friends go, Connie and Dave, with us, and I was so nervous. I thought I'd say something wrong, but when I'm in the element to where I can tell you Listen, God, this, 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 I was right there. I was right there. I know. It's something that's that's just God gave this gift to me. And if I don't explain what he's done, then I'm I, I'm not telling the truth. One of the things that that, that uh, the reason I thrive and to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that those were Jesus's that's who he hung out with. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. That's that's really great stuff. I make sure everybody gets to hear that because the idea that uh, this is who Jesus hung out with is a really yeah. powerful idea. And not one, again, I say that uh, that people really think of uh, too often, unfortunately. Uh, so I, 
just as a side note, I always tell people, you know, that if Jesus were here today in the 21st century in 2019, he'd probably go to the bar and hang out with the people there because they're oh, the yeah. people who need him. Who you know? need him. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Or he'd go down. To like to the homeless camp. Sure. He go. He he he, he doesn't see titles. He just sees a person, a child right. of God. This is the wonder. So let, let's we've got a few minutes left here in our show. Let's see what we can do about transitioning into the academic realm. Because right at the beginning, you said you're going to be going. You're going to finish your senior year. You're going to go into the master's program and hopefully do a PhD. Think about the implications of Ashley Austin being Dr. Ashley Austin oh in the gosh. future and the opportunities that you will have as you forecast into the future, as you vision the future, what God has given you to do, uh, what are the things that you see yourself doing in the future with all that you've already here today? Um, okay, so I have City Youth is a partnership that I just started talking with them, and I'm going in. Um, one of the people there is just there's a, a few people there that are phenomenal, uh, James and Daniel and Allie, and um, I'm going into the juvenile hall uh, to work with the girls and the boys there. I feel that one through all the experience, we need to let kids know these kids are our future. Kids nowadays. This is crazy what we're looking at. And not only do they not know God, they want to know God. When we go in and talk to these kids, I need, I was the same child that they were. And I was broken and I was scared and I didn't have a good stability. We need to be responsible, right? Orphans and widows, we need to be responsible. We need to help everybody. I feel like um, I need to be able to speak to these kids and say, hey, this is where I was. You're one foot in. Once you get that tag, you're not coming back. Is it really worth it? We need to mentor. We need to we need to invest in these kids. Um, and, and also, people coming out of prison, people like myself, recovering addicts, people that have mental health illness, body issues. I want my organization. You know, I've never let the state or anybody put their hands on, on my award. God tells me, I pray, help these people, they come to me. I'm not financed uh, because I don't go for the grants and all that because I don't want people to tell me I can't talk about God or do that. God has fully had me help people, put people into my life that I should be working with, and people also have helped me. God said, well, you're going to learn something from this person too because there's nobody that I've ever been around that I have not that have come to me that has not turned around and helped me in some way. Yeah. Um, and so that's the community aspect. I want this organization to be huge, but I want it to be what God wants it to be. If it's supposed to help 20,000, great, it's supposed to help five. Um, and I've helped a lot of people already because of the grace of God. God makes a way. And, and that's why me doing this show also is so important because anybody at school that suffers, anybody that, that needs anything, anybody that has a question, anybody that's just curious of my life sure. um, that would like to talk, yeah. anybody that would like me to come and give my testimony for people to hear um, anything, I want to do what I can to show the world that God's love is so great, and also that if I could do it, anybody can do it, because anybody can do it. And people shouldn't assume because you look one way that you are, right. because people would never, they're like, what, what? And, 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 also that we're, and also the big thing is that church, it's not the building, it's the people in the community. Mm -hmm. And the church I go to is so awesome, I never thought somebody would accept me the way they have myself 
and uh, Ben, my fiance, his family, just everybody. You don't go, I tell people when I go to the hospital, I don't go to the hospital to find healthy people. You don't go to church to find perfect people. We're all there asking God to help us and to show us and to love us because we're all, we all lack something that he gives us. I didn't, you know? by the way, just, this is all marvelous and, and good, but you just threw a wrench in the works there by telling me that you had a fiance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're engaged. Yes, I'm engaged. All right. Yes, yes, is, yes, yes. Is there a date? Uh, so that's everybody's laughing. Connie, I know you're laughing right now. We've set a date that we didn't because of my illness, uh, me being sick. I have another surgery that just, just kind of came out of nowhere. Okay. He would do it today, brown paper bags, no bags, like nothing. <laughs> um, so would his family. You know, I'm just trying to. We got, to, we got, we got the know. slow, mo we yeah. got the slow walk down. So congratulations to you and Ben. Is that, yeah, that's Ben. Me. Okay. Yes, congratulations you. to you both. Uh, the opportunities you both will have in the future uh, to do what you will be doing, uh, whatever that is that God's given you to do. I'm really excited for your academic credentials. I'm excited for the uh, opportunity again to work alongside you at IUPUI this coming fall and to meet some of those folks that uh, you know you're working with in the faculty. Oh, yes. That's going to yes, be a yes, great yes. time as well. Um, if you could take, and I know it's going to be a stretch for you, yes, it is. but if you could take seconds. 30 seconds, <laughs> tell us what you want to make sure we leave with today. Ashley Austin, 30 seconds. There you go. Okay. Uh, we're all broken in some way, and it's okay. God loves all of us, and he loves you just like you are, and it's okay to not know, and it's okay to have questions, and it's okay to not even believe in God, but to have that to have that wondering what is God, then that's when you have to step out and say, let me ask, let me, let me, let me figure this out. Because all the times that I was in the madness, there was an emptiness and I don't have that emptiness with God. I, I feel safe and I feel like I'm doing the right thing because it's what he wants. If there is anybody out there that is feeling empty or needs uh, somebody to talk with, Ashley Austin, a uh, wonderful opportunity here to hear from here, her today. Grateful for her work. Uh, wonderful stuff. The podcast will be coming out later on. Wanted to make sure that we uh, give a shout out again to Living Faith. Thanks ever so much for your good work in the city and on the campus of IUPUI. Evan and Celeste, congratulations on your recent marriage. Looking forward to seeing you all here again in the fall at IUPUI. And I also wanted to say that next week we're coming back again, 11 to 11.50, with another IUPUI uh, catalyst person. Uh, her name is Mabel Marino. You will not want to miss her bilingual emphasis on uh, the intersection of faith with uh, students at IUPOI. Really excited uh, to have her on the show. Our three pictures were taken together. Yes, we yeah, had yeah. a picture She's taken together. Sweet. She's a sweet lady. Looking forward to uh, having an opportunity to talk with her next week. Thanks ever so much for joining us again. Grateful for Facebook Live. You can catch the video in an archive here in just a few moments podcast. Josh will be putting that up later on. Again, shout out to HB. Thanks for producing. Ashley, again, for your uh, time with us Thank here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're I glad to have had Yeah, it's yes. been a great show. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next week. <laughs> and we are out. Is that okay? Nice job.
Thank you.